McGregor versus Poirier 3 is all set for UFC 264. And DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, has a knockout offer for this weekend's fight. DraftKings is offering 264 to 1 odds on a knockout in the first round during Saturday's main event. If the rubber match ends in a first round knockout, you walk away with cash. Just pick the main event fighter you think will win by first round knockout and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 264 to 1 odds on that fighter. That's right, bet $1 on McGregor or Poirier to win by first round knockout, you win $264. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry if MMA isn't for you, DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on basketball, hockey, and so much more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $264 when you bet on a main event fighter to win by first round knockout. Place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code TBPN to turn $1 into $264 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. What's up, everybody? This is Miles Turner, the Indiana Pacers. You listen to the Pace Rules Podcast. Be sure to follow at Pace Rules on Twitter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pace Rules Podcast, the only Australian NBA podcast with a bias toward the Indiana Pacers. I almost forgot the intro for the first time in like two years uh, <laughs> because it is the off season and there's not a lot of Pacers news happening, but we have plenty to talk about. We have the Olympics coming up, and as three Australian guys, uh, we are. Gearing ourselves up for a massive Tokyo 2021. Uh, the Australian Boomers uh, squad was finalized during the week. So we've got that to talk about. Speaking of Australians, we've got Ben Simmons to talk about some more. Uh, and we'll go through the trade rumor that had Malcolm Brogdon in the first round pick for Ben Simmons. We'll talk about that off the back of our chat last week about Simmons and uh, his overall attitude toward the sport. Plenty to get to. Um, I'll start with the Olympics and uh, to bring it straight back to the Pacers, Alex, we have no Pacers playing in Tokyo 2021. Are you happy about that? Uh, Do you see that as an opportunity for these players to work on their game a la Ben Simmons? Or do you uh, think that the Olympics is a good opportunity and you would like to see a couple of Pacers players in the Olympic tournament? I think just selfishly as a Pacers fan, we've seen too many injuries. So, you know, to to have no guys risking that out there playing is, is probably a good thing. But, you know, uh, the FIBA game is completely different to, to the NBA as well. I think that's what people got to take into consideration. Obviously, Sabonis uh, was knocked out today. But, you know, you see Canada had the second most NBA players in the world. And they didn't even make the Olympics. So, you know, it's a completely different game. It would have been good to see what Lithuania did with that two big lineup in the Olympics because obviously the Pacers have two centers. Um, but yeah, look, ultimately, I think it's probably for the best. Justin, uh, do you were you surprised to see Lithuania lose to, I think it was Slovenia, was it not? Luka Doncic yeah. and, uh, and the Slovenian team. First time the Slovenians have actually made an Olympics overall ever so hats off to them but i mean lithuania is one of the basketball powerhouses of the world over the past say 30 season or 30 years um we spoke 
briefly before the show about Serena Siascovicius, who was uh, definitely one of my favorite paces in the mid 2000s. Um, it's pretty shocking that they're not going to be playing the Olympics this year. Yeah. Um, kind of shows how good Luca is worldwide. Yeah. Like we all know the NBA, but, you know, to be the first time their country's ever made Olympics, that's great. And I'm all about, you know, underdogs in sport and giving someone else a go. So, although it's a bit upsetting, Sabonis not going to play in the Olympics, it's, uh, it'd be great to see Doncic in it. Um, and, yeah, like Alex mentioned, you know, we all know the pace is luck. What would happen if, uh, you know, someone's playing in the Olympics, they'd probably get hurt. So, um, recent memory, you know, Paul George uh, injury. So that kind of altered our franchise. So we don't really want that with a Sabonis type of player, do we? We definitely don't. But at the same time, I mean, we've seen examples of guys making the leap after an international tournament, whether it be the Olympics or the World Cup. I mean, I, I recall Kevin Durant, I think it was 2010 in the World Cup, led the US team to victory and then just came out and made a leap the likes of which we hadn't seen from him in his first couple of seasons in the NBA. He smashed it. Um, similar to, you know, the 2012, 20, uh, 2012 and 2016 Olympic Games, you saw guys come off the bench, be influenced by those veterans around them and, you know, use that as a springboard to, to greater success in their next few NBA seasons. So it is on the one hand, yeah, there's an injury risk. And on the other hand, I see the opportunity there for a player to surround themselves with better players. And that probably is better in the U.S. team than other teams because the U.S. bats so deep in terms of um, the star power on that team. Uh, But I want to circle back to Luka Doncic for a second. One thing he said in an interview I saw yesterday was that if he had the choice of an Olympic gold medal and an NBA championship, he would pick an Olympic gold medal. I don't know whether you guys saw that. Um, being a longtime Boomers fan, uh, I kind of, I, I really struggle with this one, guys. I'll be honest. Like, I would, of course, love to see a Pacers championship. A Boomers gold medal is something that I probably haven't allowed myself to even think about. But, I mean, Alex, what what do you value more? A gold medal, uh, for Australia to beat the US and be the, the best basketball-playing nation in the world or our beloved Indiana Pacers winning an NBA championship? <laughs> We're lucky we don't have 4th of July here in Australia or else I'd be uh, sounding pretty unpatriotic with this one. But um, <laughs> I think I would have to go to the NBA championship. You know, obviously, a, uh, an Olympic medal would be great. Australia's never won one. I think we have a good chance this, this year round. But yeah, at the end of the day, I don't know about you guys, but I'll go uh, Pacers championship any day of the week. Justin, are you the same? Oh, a thousand percent. Um, and I even think if you're a player, like uh, winning for your country would be fantastic. But I feel like once your career is done and if you're a great player and you make the Hall of Fame, you you get remembered for how many NBA championships you've won. You know, Charles Barkley uh, has won a USA gold medal, but what always gets brought up, he hasn't won an NBA championship. So, um, yeah, definitely NBA championship for me. It's interesting. I mean, Manu Ginobili burst onto the scene in the 04 Olympics winning gold um, in Athens for for his home country and then obviously made a bit of a leap after that in the NBA. So we've seen guys be heroes in their own country for winning a gold medal, but I'm I'm the same. I mean, as much as I would love to see the Boomers win gold, it's a two-week tournament at the end of the day. Uh, and the NBA is a six-month or potentially, in our case, 30-something year journey of trying to wait for our team to win a title. I mean, the Olympics comes every four years. The World Cup comes on the alternate two. So, 
you're waiting two years for a chance to watch your team over the course of two, three, four weeks compete for a, a you know, World Cup or, or a Olympic gold medal. The NBA is a, you know, 11 and a half month a year sport. There's only about a two week period there where we stop hearing about NBA stories for a little while while everyone's in Cancun, just kind of cooling off. So, I mean, the, the power of an NBA title, I think can't be understated, particularly for people like us that have been starved of it our whole lives and are still waiting for it. Um, and speaking of waiting for it, um, obviously Rick Carlisle has been announced as the Pacers coach. I want to talk about the assistants as well. We've had Lloyd Pierce uh, announced. Uh, Alex, you can give me the other couple of names, I think, that uh, uh, that have been announced as well because off the top of my head, I can't recall the entire coaching panel. However, it's clear that exactly what Pritchard said in his original press conference. They've gone ahead and done. Rick Carlisle's well-known for his offense. Lloyd Pierce, uh, I think, coached a top four defense with Philadelphia a couple of yep. years ago. So, Justin, I'll start with you this time. Um, is this a signal that I think you, you've got the well-rounded coaching panel that the Pacers have been looking for? I'm always so skeptical after we got burnt last year by being excited. So, um, it, it looks that way, doesn't it? Like, uh, it, it's good to see paces going hard. Like I saw they tried to get David Fisdale as well. Yeah. Um, but see, he opted to go with the Lakers and, you know, team up with LeBron. So it, it seems like paces ownership and management, they're going hard. They, they want to succeed. And that's what we wanted because, um, yeah, last season wasn't acceptable. So Rick Carlisle, yeah. Um, you know, isn't that funny? I'm sure Alex will speak about it, but the, you know, the Atlanta Hawks kind of half rivalry have with their fans with Nate McMillan. And now we get Lloyd Pierce and um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that goes. Alex, what do you think of the trade, whole coaching it, panel? I actually, yeah, I'm, I'm with Justin on that. It's a, I think it's good to see the Pacers willing to spend money at the end of the day. It's what we've been asking for. So they gave Rick Carlisle, I mean, a bigger contract than most of our players have. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, apparently they threw the bag at Fisdale. I'm guessing they probably gave quite a bit of money to Pierce. As you said, had a top four defense in Philly. Uh, he's no Dan Burke, but, you know, you, you get a guy in who can help Rick on that end. I remember a couple of episodes you were talking about the Mavericks have always been around that, you know, 2019, 18 mark uh, defensively. So yeah. if we can bump that up to the top half of the league, I think that would be massive for us. Huge. And I think, as you say, it's, there's an indication that the Pacers are winning, willing to spend money. Um, speaking of the Pacers' willingness to spend money, there was a report that was, um, you know, widely, I guess, shot down by sources close to the team. But then again, you never know um, that Philadelphia turned down an offer of Malcolm Brogdon and a first round pick for Ben Simmons. We spoke about Ben Simmons at length last week. We've got, a, I guess, a unique perspective being Australians and uh, seeing the way that he's perceived in Australia compared to the way he's perceived in the US. Um, he's definitely on a lot of you know advertising campaigns here. He's a popular guy um, with kids, uh, not as popular with, I think, adults in Australia. Um, so an interesting, I guess, career and an interesting personality. Um, Justin, firstly, do you believe this report? And secondly, what are your thoughts on it if it is true? Um, yeah, it's a really good question. I, I don't know if I don't want to believe it because I just don't want to. Um, <laughs> but... I think it would maybe be the case that uh, maybe Chad Buchanan fielded some calls and said, oh, you know, let's let's see what the market is for Ben Simmons. You know, uh, GMs in the NBA say all the time, people don't realise how many conversations are actually had. It doesn't mean Brogdon's on the market. It doesn't mean they wanted to trade him. Um, they may have just floated something past Philadelphia's 
GM and said, you know, is this something you'd, you'd be potentially looking into do? Um, you know, Jay Michael said paces are always open with their players. When Miles Turner was on the trade block last year, he was notified. Um, Jay Michael came out and said Brogdon was not notified of this deal. So take that as you would. But yeah, it's pretty funny after I pretty much slandered Ben Simmons, you know, <laughs> on our last episode. The next day, paces are rumored to get him. So that really just sums up my laugh. <laughs> pretty much, Alex, it's, it's a bit of a weird one because, you know, we made our thoughts and, and views known of Ben Simmons pretty clear last episode and then he's linked to the franchise. Um, what were your immediate reactions and do you think that it's there's any legitimacy to, to this particular trade offer? Yeah, I mean, look, as Justin was saying, I would not be surprised if it was literally just us calling Dale Morey saying, look, we know you're probably going to be looking at Simmons offers. What do you want? Or like what, what kind of offer is going to get him to us? So um, <clears throat> whether or not it was serious, you know, time will tell, but I think there's got to be an interest there. Um, the biggest concern, which is what Jay Michael said as well, was, was Ben Simmons' contract, right? It's going to be in the low to mid-30s in a few years. It's a lot of money to be spending on one player. Obviously, you can make salaries match easily, but I think the biggest concern for me was actually fit, right? Like, to me, if you get Simmons on the paces, Brogdon's the one guy you need next yeah. to him because he's a catch-and-shoot guy. He's the best catch-and-shoot player uh, in the starting lineup, right? So, yeah. I mean, fit-wise, that would be my concern, spacing, uh, obviously, Sabonis, we know, is not a shooter. Warren and Laverta are both mid-range guys. So how would that work with Simmons? Uh, I really don't know. I also think you can't play Simmons and Sabonis together. I mean, the spacing mm. on, on a team with both yeah. Simmons and Sabonis would be horrible. And that's not no knock on each player individually. I just don't think that their, their styles, what they do well meshes well. I mean, Sabonis wants to catch the ball in the high post. He wants to make things happen. He wants to, you know, post up. He wants to, um, you know, find the open man for a shot or for a cut. And Ben Simmons does some of that. But, I mean, the shooting part of it, if you don't have to guard one of the other guys on the floor, you can quite easily double uh, Domas in the post when he's got the ball, Justin, right? Yeah, correct. And I didn't like the fit just imagining Brogdon being traded for Simmons, even if I don't want Simmons to be a pacer at all. I, I never do, to be honest. But um, do, I don't know. It's a tough one. Do you think Philadelphia can do better than that deal? I'm not too sure. I, I think if they do, um, I'd say they probably want to package Simmons and get maybe a yeah. you know a Lillard type or, or someone who's going to change that Bradley, franchise. Bradley I don't think, Bill. I think it's another they'll look at, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think um, Brogdon swings the pen, pendulum too much in Philly. They're not getting that, though. That's the thing. Like, the, the unbelievable part of this is that Ben Simmons' trade value has sunk so low that, I mean, even suggestions that they might trade Ben Simmons for a CJ McCollum are being, I guess, shot down kind of because, um, you know, wh- how would the fit be between... Simmons and Lillard. Um, I mean, it's not as if Portland are teaming with big men that can stretch the floor, which is what Ben Simmons would actually need. I mean, ironically, the player that fits best with Ben Simmons is Miles Turner, funnily enough. Like his ability to space the floor, his ability to block shots would, you know, form a a pretty formidable defensive duo with Simmons. Um, So I think if you could get those two players together on the same team, that's a really nice, solid core of young players. But um, you would need uh, that guy that wants the ball in his hands uh, when when the shot clock is winding down to get a bucket. So, you know, if you had Simmons, TJ Warren and Miles Turner, that's the makings um, of a good team. 
that's the makings of a team that can do a lot of things. But you you would have to surround those three players with two shooters, two knockdown shooters at that. So uh, I don't really see how you could trade Simmons into Indiana without completely transforming the roster along the way. Because I think, Alex, what we've sort of seen from Simmons is that he needs a very specific situation to be successful. He needs a franchise kind of built all around him and around his strengths with players that offset those strengths with shooting. And, you know, there aren't many teams that have the ass, both the assets to give up for Simmons, but also the shooters put, to put around him so that he's effective. And another issue with that is the Pacers don't have any salary caps. So you, it's not yeah. like you can go out and sign a bunch of shooters. Um, I mean, we probably lose McDermott this summer, right? This yep. off season. Um, who's, who's our best shooter off the bench? So, you know, that that's another problem. Uh, I think a team that, that should be training for him is Minnesota. You know, they're, they're a team that, that need to start winning or else Towns is probably going to want out eventually. Yeah, uh, Towns is the best shooting big man in the game, and it really isn't even close. So, you know, if we're talking about potential suitors, I'd love to see Ben in Minnesota. And obviously, as Indiana is, no one cares about the Timbles. Like, there, there's no pressure on the Minnesota Timbles like there is in Philly. So, I think he, he needs a place that doesn't have that pressure. I mean, we, we, you know, you see guys burning Ben Simmons jerseys in Philadelphia after the game, doing all that. Like, that's not going to be happening in Minnesota. It won't happen. I mean, look, Oklahoma City is a team that has a lot of assets. They've got Shea Gildas Alexander. But I also don't think that they're willing to give up a franchise cornerstone like that for Ben, ben Simmons, even with their no. bevy of draft picks. I mean, it's going to be really difficult for Daryl Morey to find a deal for Ben Simmons that satisfies Philadelphia in the short term. Um, I just don't see many teams wanting to give up a prized asset to get Ben Simmons in uh, because they're going to have to then just completely overhaul their roster. I mean, they, it's it's really interesting that the Pacers ended up with Karis LeVert out of this because if the Rockets and the Sixers had come together and made that deal for Simmons for Harden, we wouldn't be having this discussion. Uh, the Rockets would probably be building around Simmons. They'd be putting a ton of shooting around him and they'd be putting all their eggs into that basket, which would probably be way better for Ben Simmons than anything else. But, um, you know, sliding doors, Justin, we we ended up with Levert out of this. And Levert's not a guy we've spoken at length about um, across the, the offseason. But there have been some reports off the back of that Malcolm Brogdon trade rumor that the Pacers see Karis Levert as their primary ball handler heading into next season. Do you see it the same way? And if so, do you think, um, it's worth getting off Malcolm Brogdon and getting some more shooting around Karras to give him sort of a bit of room to work alongside TJ Warren. Yeah, I think I think I mentioned it a few weeks ago. I'm the most excited about Karras Levert. Um, he's, he gives me the most kind of star power franchise leading player the Pacers have in the future right now. So um, that's where I kind of envision the long-term or well, the next, you know, three to five years Pacers plan is kind of building around Levert um, I, I still don't think we come back to the same starting lineup no matter, you know, what Rick Carlisle does. I, I, I feel like someone's going to be moved. And um, probably the more I think about it, the more I'm, I'm open to having Brogdon or Sabonis dealt, <clears throat> getting a bit more speed in the lineup um, and, you know, a bit more flow. So that's kind of where I see the pace is heading in the offseason. But it, it'll be interesting. I'm just glad, again, like the rumor came out about the Simmons and, you know, he's, it probably, I'll, I'll say, it's one of my, if not most hated players in the league. I, I just think he's really terrible. <laughs> um, but it's great to hear the Pacers are 
trying to do these deals. And if it, if the rumor is true, you know, this is fantastic. They're making the calls. We've we've said for years now on this podcast as well. It's like, why don't they try and you know swing for the fences and try and get you know a star player? And even if I don't think Simmons is a star, I know he is an all star. So um, yep. good on the paces if they did do this. Paces are going to. I mean, even though even though they, they swing for the fences, it might not be the right fit. If this is true, they're trying to trade for a guy who is a perennial all-star. Every every season, this guy's going to make the all-star team. Every season, this guy is likely to be in contention for an def- all-defensive team. I mean, this guy has star qualities. It's just that he has this glaring, massive hole in his game that prohibits him from being a superstar, which he could very well be if he went some way to doing anything about that glaring hole. Um, but, I mean, we, we've said... Plenty of times over the last couple of years we've been doing this show that if the pace had swung for the fences, we would praise them and we would be excited about it because at least they're trying something. I mean, the, the whole standing pat every season, you know, even the Oladipo for Karis Levert move was a kind of a lateral move in a way because Oladipo was out the door anyway. It was a great move. It, it prolonged the future of this franchise as a playoff team, but it didn't move the needle significantly from, you know, uh, potential contender to bona fide contender. And the only thing you can really do to do that is to get an all-star in your team. And we have Domos, who's a multi-time all-star, but Alex, he doesn't really feel like that franchise cornerstone guy that's going to drag into the playoffs every season. So if the Pacers went all in for a guy like that, and Simmons could lead a playoff team, we, we've seen it before. I mean, you'd have to be happy and excited that at least they're trying something to try and get better right now. 100%. And, you know, I'll keep using the example. Who did the Raptors trade? They yep. traded their franchise guy to, what was it, three years ago? Yep. DeRozan was their, was their man. The franchise loved him. The fan base loved him. They're not a team that's going to get big-time free agents. They said, you know what? We're a good team with DeRozan, but we're not a championship team. So we're going to go out and get a superstar who can take us there. And again, obviously, you know, we're not seeing here saying Simmons is, is Kawhi Leonard because obviously he's not. But uh, yeah, if the Pacers can make that move to make the jump, you have to do it, especially as a team like the Pacers who's not even getting a meeting with these guys in free agency. Yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty of there's guys around the league that there are reports are of you know teams not being unhappy. Kyrie Irving is a guy that the Nets are potentially unhappy with. There's a lot of drama there. There's you know some missed time and some injuries and some hamstrings and etc. I mean, throwing it out there as as a random name, Justin, if the Pacers were to trade for Kyrie Irving out of the blue. Malcolm Brogdon, first-round pick. Brooklyn get off a bit of salary and Kyrie Irving finds a new home. Would you would you be mad about that? Would you be excited? How would you feel if the Pacers traded for a guy like that that's got a bit of a checkered past in terms of his ability to get on with his teammates and his, his franchise, but yet is a superstar player? Yeah, I, I think deep down you'd be, you'd be a touch concerned, but you'd be happy because the Pacers need to do it. We've spoke about for years now, like they, they need to go all in for a star. This five-man team that, you know, they want to, oh, everyone, everyone's equal, each starter. We win by playing team basketball. Each starter wins. You know, we, we hopefully can win a championship by everyone scoring 15 points a night. As days are over. Like every year in the NBA finals, there's a superstar winning the finals MVP. You know, Giannis will probably get it this year. You know, look what KD did for Brooklyn with no harder than Kyrie. Like, you need a star to win this league. Pacers don't have any right now. So, 
I'd love for them to swing for the fences. Even if it backfires, I am in. Definitely. Uh, we'll end with this. The NBA Finals are upon us now. The Phoenix Suns host the Milwaukee Bucks in a best-of-seven series. Uh, it was not a finals that anyone predicted. I imagine it was paying extremely long odds, even as recently as a couple of weeks ago. Um, Alex, what's your prediction for the NBA Finals? Uh, I'm going to go Suns and seven. CP gets his first first ring. What about you? I like it. I, uh, I'm i also going Suns, but in six. Um, I think uh, the Suns are healthier. I think Giannis is being a bit hobbled by that knee. That's going to impact Milwaukee's ability to uh, shut down um, Phoenix. I think DeAndre Ayton has been immense. Any any discussion about that Luka draft, about Phoenix taking the wrong player, he has shut that down in the space of about two weeks. Um, I'm incredibly impressed with his ability to grab every available rebound and stay on the floor against small ball teams. Um, very, very impressed with that guy. Uh, and I think he's going to be a star for a long time. Devin Booker has been fantastic. I think the Suns deserve uh, the title based on how they've played the last few weeks. And I, uh, I'll be happy either way because it's, it's a small market team regardless. It's, you know, it's a good news story for the Pacers. It shows the Pacers that, you know, if you get that star into your point, Justin, CP3, change your franchise. Like from literally, um, you know, middling nothing franchise to a contending championship franchise, you, you one move away. Justin, who's winning the finals? Yeah, I love it. I'm, I'm going Milwaukee. Uh, obviously, that's dependent on Giannis's health, but he's the best player left in the series. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think Milwaukee deserve to win it all because I've always said uh, whoever beat Brooklyn this year deserves to hold the championship trophy up. So um, I believe if Brooklyn were fully healthy, they would have beat Phoenix. So Milwaukee beat him in seven games. They deserve it. <laughs> Definitely. I um, Mine's a sentimental pick. I really want to see Chris Paul win a ring. I think um, definitely uh, going with my heart over my head on that one because no one's – I said it on Twitter. No one's played harder than Chris Paul over the last 15 years cons- as consistently as he has. He constantly gives his all for his team. He's fallen short so many times. He's finally in the finals. Um, Giannis has got another, you know, seven, eight years left of his prime. So I would love to see CP win it uh, because I think Giannis's time is still yet to come. And I think he'll definitely win a ring in his career, regardless whether it be this year or a different one. That's all for the Paceroos. We'll come back to you next week. The draft is fast approaching as is the end of the official NBA season. We've been the Paceroos. Thanks for listening. 